You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, this morning, we're going to continue in our series. We've decided for 2020 that we are going to get our minds around the gospel according to Mark. And uh, we've got extra copies of the Gospel of Mark that came in this week, and we're encouraging you to grab a copy. They're on the tables out in the lobby. In fact, you can get up now. If you don't have one or you've been waiting for one, uh, we encourage you to do this. And what it is, it's God's Word on one side, and then it's a journal on the other side. And as we track through these messages, we want you to be, uh, you know, saying, or, you know, uh, chronicling what the Lord is speaking to you. Or maybe there's a, something we put on a slide, or maybe there's a takeaway that you don't want to forget. And we just believe over time, this little tool will become a treasure for you to go back to and uh, to be able to reflect on what God is doing. And uh, we decided to uh, preach through the Gospel of Mark, and we're excited for what God has been speaking to us. And uh, we've realized, and I want to kind of take some time to recap a little where we've been. And uh, the Gospel of Mark was written by one of the disciples of Jesus. Decades after Jesus ascended into heaven, Mark is looking back, and he's actually writing from Peter's perspective. And a little later in Mark, that becomes a little more prominent. Uh, but he's written, and it's kind of this fast-paced, uh, uh, moving document and kind of a chronicling of Jesus' ministry. And our first major theme that we've been trying to get our mind around, uh, what Mark does is he's answering the question, who is Jesus? Everyone say that with me. Who is Jesus? And so far in the gospel here, we've seen that Jesus is a healer, he's the teacher, he's a forgiver, he's the friend of sinners, right? And along the way, there's been these hints that he might be the Messiah that the Jewish people had been looking forward to. There are hints, these messianic claims that he is the king, the savior, the Lord, Messiah. Even in today's passage, we see in Mark chapter 3, verse 11, it says that uh, someone calls out and, and is describing Jesus. He says, you are called the Son of God. And as far as we know, the crowds that were following Jesus at this point, they had not made that connection. The Pharisees, they were suspecting it and wondering and working behind the scenes. And that's one of the reasons they were getting riled up. And even the disciples, they may have begun to guess that this is the Messiah, but they were curious at best. A little later on, uh, Jesus asked, you know, who do people say I am? And they weren't 100% even at that point. And as the story is unfolding, we see this beautiful uh, rendition of Jesus' life. It's incredible. And it's really earth-shattering stuff. I want to just recap the first couple chapters where we've been. In chapter 1, of course, Jesus' ministry begins. You can turn with me to page 8 in your little uh, copy here when we're going to track through a few of these things. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, we see Jesus getting baptized. 
And then there's this announcement from the he- His Heavenly Father in verse 11. And it's, it says, you are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. Again, uh, uh, this idea, this messianic proclamation right out of the get-go, right, right from the beginning. But the Spirit from that point drove Jesus into the desert. It wasn't the time for Jesus to come out with this pronouncement. And uh, after 40 days of fasting, a supernatural fast, uh, Jesus comes out of the desert and he's proclaiming and he's teaching. And we look at, at verse 15. This is what Jesus is saying. He said, look, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And we've come back to that verse so many times and we'll probably throughout the entire uh, series on, on Mark, but there's this idea that, that the time is now, something new is happening. And after a little bit of recruiting, Jesus picks up Andrew and Peter, James and John. In verse 21, it says, and immediately he's back in the synagogue. There was no delay. And in the synagogue that day, uh, in that section of Scripture, he, Jesus changes uh, the life of a man. A man who had been demonized, who had unclean spirits, and he's completely healed, completely set free. And we see that the people are amazed, and they're saying, with what kind of authority? Not only his teaching, but he has the power to cast out demons, and it was, it was, it was quite a story. That night, again, in verse 29, it says, immediately he left the synagogue. He's back in the home of Peter and Andrew, and he heals their mother-in-law. Verse 32, if you look at it with me, uh, it's, it's really great. It says, in the evening, at evening and the sundown, they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons. And so, in other words, people were following, people were coming. God was at work. It was a new day, and the word was getting out. And we're going to see that as a theme here for today's message. Verse 33 says, the, uh, the whole city was gathered together at the door. Can you imagine? So people were lined up. And then in verse 34, he says, he healed many who were sick with various diseases. He cast out many demons. But he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. We're going to see that today in today's passage as well. And so Jesus shuts them up. They're saying he, they knew who Jesus was. But he's saying, nope, the time is not yet. What's next? Jesus gets a little rejuvenated, right? He slips away, uh, spends some time with his father, with the heavenly father. Verse 39, though, he went throughout all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. So again, God is on the move. Verse 40 comes, and uh, he's healing a leper. And I mean, leprosy was a, a, a big deal in that day. It would be like Jesus healing someone with the coronavirus today, right? And instantly he's healed, he's set free, and uh, his life was changed as well. And Jesus asked the man, he said, don't tell anybody what has happened. And then in verse 45, though, look what it says. It says, but he went out, this is the guy that got healed, and he began to talk freely about it. And he spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly uh, uh, talk in the town, but only 
uh, but was out in a desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. So Jesus, he couldn't uh, continue there because he, they wouldn't, they, the word was spreading, and so he wanted to protect who he was, and uh, so he's in desolate places, but people continued to come to him. And you say, all of that was in chapter 1. And yes, all, it was a fast-moving and a great introduction to who Jesus is. In chapter 2, we see Jesus preaching and teaching. He heals a paralytic man who was well-liked. His friends brought him to Jesus up on the roof, uh, through the roof. Uh, Jesus also calls Levi the worst of all sinners. Uh, He talks about fasting. He talks about Sabbath. And then last week, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, we kind of got our mind around that. We see another man whose life was changed by Jesus. And he had a withered hand, and his life was changed. Verse 5, it says that Jesus told the man, stretch out your hand. And the man did. And it was amazing. God was on the move. That's probably the understatement of this millennium in regards to what was happening. It was a new day. There were so many positives so many things happening. And the question that, that the disciples may have had or those that were following the crowds saying, what's next? This was unprecedented, right? And how do we leverage what's happening? Or, or how do we not screw this up, right? That's kind of what comes to my mind. Because God was on the move. But as, when God's on the move, we also know from history and maybe our own lives that there's also going to be opposition. And we see that in the, in the story as well. There's opposition from uh, the Pharisees, right? It's not a smooth road. Uh, the Romans, the Herodians. And you say, well, what's the problem? Jesus is doing all these great things. Well, the problem is that it was different. It was unusual. It was a new day. And Jesus was combating some of those 613 laws that we've talked about, Old Testament laws. And Jesus and his popularity was growing. And then there's these claims, or were they claims, of the, of the Messiah, that Jesus was the king, he was the ruler, he's the one with all the authority. And so all of these things were happening. And so on one side we say, yeah, God's moving, but then there's this opposition and for some good reason. And the big question, as I was reading this, and if you were reading it for the first time, you're saying, is this going to last? What's happening here? Is it going to last? Or is it just a fad? A fad like the way I've been rolling my jeans for the last uh, several months. And I've noticed that uh, I've been rolling my jeans like this, and I thought it might catch on. But Pastor Bobby hasn't done it. Pastor Bruce isn't doing it. None of my board members. None of, I, don't, I haven't seen one person. Today I was watching. Not one person has been rolling their jeans like, no, but yeah, but not like this. And I'm saying, I, I thought it would catch on. I thought, man, this is, this is going to be it. This is the new thing. But it obviously hasn't been. And so I'm working on something new. And uh, you'll see this next week. I, I've been modeling it off of this, this pair of jeans here and, uh, and something there. And, uh, and so I, one of these fads or one of these uh, things are going to catch on and not just be a fad and really, yeah, yeah, I'm working on that. Yeah, I'm going to need a seamstress. I, uh, Mario, maybe you can help me with that. Yeah, you got that. Yeah. Anyway, 
is it going to last? Is it going to last like the ring? Five weeks, I've, I wore a ring, all right? Okay, not all, a few of you. Okay, well, here's my ring and uh, uh, my chubby fingers. And, uh, and you say, what in the world's with the ring, right, Pastor? And, like, what's going on? And uh, there is a story that goes with the ring. And, and some friends of mine, uh, so they came up to me the first Sunday that I wore this ring. They're like, Pastor, we couldn't concentrate on anything you were saying. All we could see was that silly ring. I'm like, what in the world? I said, I, no, I'm not taking it off. No way. And, uh, and then someone else said, well, maybe by, maybe by the summer we'll all be wearing rings. And so uh, this is your chance to get on the bandwagon. Is it going to last? It, I, you know, time will tell, right? Uh, is it going to last? But in this story, seriously, Jesus is on the move, but there's opposition. Is it going to last? What's next? Is it, do we need a marketing plan? Is it, do we need someone to, to step up? And, and it's saying, okay, what's going on here, right? And, and what caught my attention is what Jesus does in this moment. And we're going to study a little transitional passage. It's five verses in Mark chapter 3. In fact, I'd like you to turn with me there, uh, page 18 in your copy of of God's Word. Uh, And what we're going to see is what Jesus does when things are on the move. It's very interesting. Let's start in verse 7. It says this, that Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea. We'll pause right there for a second. I love this. How many love living by the water. Isn't it awesome? You can get, you know, slip away. You can spend a lunchtime there. Or in the summer, of course, you can you know, dig your feet in the sand. Right now it's a little frozen. But, uh, but I still, I love where we live. And, and, but I love that Jesus withdraws. Jesus is taking care of himself. He's taking care of his disciples. And he gets away. Let's look at it, 7 and 8. It says, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea and a great crowd. A great crowd, bold it there. You might want to underline or circle that in, in your Bible. A great crowd followed from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Edomene and uh, beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon, right? All these people were coming. A great crowd was on the move. And, and, uh, and again, you say, well, how far are these places? Some of them were up to 120 miles away. In fact, there's a, I think we got it. You can see a, a map here where people are coming from great distances to be with Jesus. They were traveling not only days, sometimes weeks to get there, and it would have been quite the journey. And you say, well, why were they traveling? says, when the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him. They traveled because of what Jesus was doing. Jesus was adding value to their lives. He was meeting their needs. Medical help. There, were, there was no ER. There were no medi centers. We can all acknowledge that the medical help was limited, primitive at best in that season, right? And Jesus, in that culture, he was meeting their needs, physical needs. And unfortunately for some, it, he, they, weren't con- they weren't really interested in what Jesus was doing spiritually. They were only considering what he was doing physically. But regardless, whether they were saying, hey, this is like genie in the bi- bottle. You know, you, you rub the lamp and poof, you get a miracle. It, it, if it was that or, or other things, it, 
But Jesus was on the move. And you say, well, how many people were flocking there? It says in verse 9, he says he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd. You say, well, what's that about? He's like, get the car started just in case we need an exit, right? And he says, lest they crush him. Later on, we know that Jesus had crowds of 500 or 5,000 or 4,000 men that were eating. And so if you add women and children, these are huge crowds. Maybe tens of thousands of people were coming to see Jesus. And you're saying, really? They're crushing? Why were they coming? Again, verse 10, for he had healed many so that all who had diseases pressed in around him just so they could touch him. Isn't that cool? I mean, Jesus, I mean, this is big. It, this is big news. It's like, let's, you know, let's hit it big now, right? Let's get t-shirts, let's make mugs, let's get it on the Instagram and on the Twitter, right? And actually what Jesus does in verse 11 and 12 is very different from what you might think would be the right thing to do. Let's look at it. Verse 11 and 12 says, And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. But verse 12, And Jesus strictly ordered them not to make him known. They were not to make him known. You're saying, what? Why, why not? Get the word out, right? The unclean spirits, they, they are understanding Jesus' true identity. Why would they keep it quiet? It's a good question. Well, like I mentioned just briefly a second ago, the, the crowds were actually a danger to the cause. They were not interested primarily in spiritual things. The authorities there, they were accusing Jesus because of his popularity that, they, that Jesus was going to re- lead a revolt against Rome. And Herod Antipas was, was being threatened. And so he's saying, look, the time is not now. He ordered the demons that they wouldn't speak. And they did not speak because they had to listen to Jesus. But how many know we have free will? When Jesus healed the man in John chapter 5 that we discussed last week, uh, that man, he went out, even though Jesus said, don't talk about it, he went out and shared. And, and then he came back and he said, stop sinning. You're not obeying me, right? It's interesting to look at that. But again, we see that there's opposition, but God is moving. And in this transitional passage, I was asking the Lord, like, Lord, what do you have for us in this story? And the thing that really stood out to me, three different times it says, there was a great crowd. This great crowd, I highlighted it, I bolded it in my Bible. What does it take to have a great crowd? Is it giveaways? Is it, you know, giving away big things? Is it like the Black Friday deals a few years back before you could buy everything online um, even and not even leave your home? Uh, but do you remember when there would be lines around Best Buy? I remember a few years back we were in Florida for, for Thanksgiving, and I spent the night outside with my brother-in-law to get a computer. And we were pushing in, and I, I mean, we were all nervous. And the one I wanted, I was one away from. And so I got one that was uh, close, but it wasn't the one I really wanted. It, but, it, like, what does it take to get that kind of crowd? Is it, you know, that there's something, change that's promised, like the political rallies we're going to see this year? Ooh, I don't know. But what Jesus was doing is he was adding value, right? 
He was serving the people. He was meeting their needs. And because of that, people were flocking. Jesus was doing great things. And a result of that were great crowds. Now, what do people say the best advertising that you could possibly have? What is the best type of advertising? Word of mouth. Yeah, you got it. Word of mouth advertising, right? When you tell the story or tell someone else's story, how many know that gains momentum? And who loves a good customer service story, right? And I've got one I want to share. Uh, a few months ago, right at Christmas time, someone at the church blessed me with some extra cash. And I was like, hey, this is cool. Totally unexpected. Uh, that doesn't normally happen. But I opened up a card and there, were, uh, there was uh, some cash. And I thought, oh, I've held on to that. And, and I, I said, all right, what am I going to do with this? And I decided I was going to buy some new socks. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go. And I went to a place where I've bought socks previously, and there's a certain brand name of socks. Has anyone heard of Darn Tough Socks, all right? Anybody heard of Darn Tough Socks? A a few of you have. Okay, Darn Tough Socks. So I'm looking for Darn Tough Socks uh, because I've had those before, and uh, I'm looking, and the guy that's helping me, he says, hey, you like Darn Tough Socks? I said, yeah, I do. I've got, you know, a bunch of pairs, and I mentioned in the course of the conversation that there were a few pair that I had pushed back. I I couldn't throw them away because they were too expensive new, and he says, man, you just should send those back to Darn Tough. And I forgot that Darn Tough has a lifetime guarantee for socks. Believe it or not, you can look it up. No strings attached. Seriously. You wear a hole in it, they get stretchy, you send them back. And so I went home and I got five pair that I'd stopped wearing, put packaged them up, and sent them to Darn Tough. Within four days, I get a, an email and with a credit for the full current value of five pair of socks. And my mind was blown. I'm like, this is incredible. I sent him a thank you note. I said, thank you so much. And I'm sitting there. And so I talked to Jessica, talked to Logan. I said, hey, do you guys need any socks? And Jessica's like, no, I don't really need any socks. And I'm like, huh, what am I going to do? And then the, a thought hit me. I'm going to bless the socks off of our staff. We got seven people on staff, and so I emailed Darn Tough back. I said, hey, I got this idea, and uh, I'm just going to, you know, uh, forward the, the, the blessing, and uh, this is going to be fun, and I'm going to tell my staff they can all pick a pair of socks or whatever. The next day, they sweeten the deal and give me a 50% more increase on what they had given me so I could buy the socks for our staff. Isn't that cool? I'm like, that's awesome. And so the staff could go online. They picked a pair of socks. And uh, you know what we should have done? And I don't know if we could do this. Uh, we have a picture, but I don't have it. Uh, we, I should have showed you the picture. We all had our socks and with little, little uh, darn tough, you know, stickers. And we sent that to darn tough. And I told them the whole story. And it's a cool customer service story. And you know what? And it's like I've told that story, and, um, and maybe some of the staff has told that story. Pastor Bobby put one of these darn tough stickers on his computer. I mean, come on. He hadn't put one sticker on his computer since we bought it for him, and now it's got a darn tough sticker on him. Like, yeah, that's good. And the story goes on, and you're like, well, what's happening? Well, it's word of mouth, right? I'm telling you, darn tough, they're smart. They knew what they were doing by blessing me to bless others. We turned three pair of socks 
into 10 pair of socks. Hallelujah. Right? <laughs> and, uh, and it's a darn tough story, right? And what if I told you this morning that darn tough actually got a hold of me and said they wanted to bless every single person that came to church today with a new pair of socks? Would you be excited? Well, they didn't do that, so I'm sorry. <laughs> that would have been awesome, right? But that didn't happen. Sorry. But you can go online and get your own darn tough socks. You just got to save up like, you know, a week's whole pay to buy one pair. <laughs> the point is a great story is worth sharing. Isn't that true? A great story, it's like it's something happens inside of you. It bubbles up. You can't like hold it in, right? And that's what was happening here in Mark chapter 3. It was spreading like wildfire. People from all over, 120 miles away, were coming. And uh, commentators believe that at this point, it was at the peak of Jesus' popularity. And the opposition just increases from here. But, the, the, I mean, things were moving. And then I started thinking, well, what is God doing here at the Gateway Church? God is at work. I've said that earlier. We agreed. God is moving. In uh, two weeks at our annual business meeting, we're going to share some of the highlights from 2019. And one of the ones that I love to share the most is how many people got saved. That's why we exist. How many true life conversions have we seen? And we have a goal this year to see one person get saved, brand new salvation, every single week. And we're tracking that. And the Lord is helping us. And where there's life transformation. A friend, a new friend to me, uh, who's just started coming to the church. He's a business owner in, in Grand Haven, owns one of the restaurants downtown. And, and uh, he's, he, we had lunch together this last week, and he was sharing me his story. When he got saved, and, I, and I'm thinking, man, this is incredible. He's sharing how when he got saved, he was not a very nice businessman. Not a good guy at all. But he hired a Christian... And the Christian just kind of worked on him, and about a year later, uh, this guy, uh, the business owner who's now with us, he, he is, uh, his marriage was struggling, his, he, he was on the brink, his kids didn't like him. I mean, it was a bad picture. He surrenders his life to Jesus, and he gets radically saved, and he's all in. And it, it's, what was interesting is he shared, he said, look, you know, I, I churned from, like, things that, that I had str I'd struggled with previously, God delivered him instantly, which is a miracle. And he's sharing this story. And he, he changed so much that his business partner, within a few months, is like, what in the world's going on? You are different. And his business partner gets saved. And then a bunch of other people in this business got saved. And he had business in like several states. And the word got out. And there were people saved in several states. And, and, and God was transforming and working. And when, when our friend was saying this last week, and when I was sitting across the table from him, I stopped him. I said, and I really felt in my spirit, I said, God is going to do that again and again and again through those here at the Gateway Church. I believe it. I'm declaring it. God's going to use you in your work situation. 
People are going to be saved because they see your change. And it's going to be like wildfire. Lord, let it be. Amen? And you're going to be a part of that, right? And there's a change. And, and you say, well, why do, we change? why do I share this story? That was back in the 1970s. Well, I believe that God is on the move again. And you say, well, what is the Lord doing here, right? And I made a short list, but the list could go on. And there may be something that would be a highlight to you that I don't mention here today. At the point, the point here is that we need to use our words, right? The, our, the word of our testimony, we need to be sharing some of these great things. I said, what about our worship? I believe we have the best worship on the lakeshore. How many agree with me? Amen? Yeah, God is using it. We enter into His presence, and God is here. He meets us. It's incredible. The way we care for youth and the way we care for our kids here at the Gateway Church, there is a massive commitment and a great investment, and God is, is working in our kids and our youth ministry. Talk about small groups. We're today, uh, you can go online. In fact, you can go online right now while I'm talking, and you can see, is there 18 Different small groups that are going to be offered for the spring uh, season. That's 18 individuals or couples that have stepped up and said, you know what? I want to connect. I want to grow. I want to see God move. And there are so many things that are going to happen in this season as we get closer together. What happens in rows, what happens on Sunday mornings is important, yes. But when you get into a small group, I promise you, it's going to change your life, and the Word's going to get out. And, you, and people are going to see the difference in you, and God is at work. When you think about missions, which is a highlight here at the Gateway Church, this last season we've seen a bump, a 50% increase in giving. It's incredible. We're caring for the world. We're caring for the schools around here. We're caring for the businesses. We're caring for families. Just a month ago, we gave away three vehicles, and how fun was that? We, this last a couple weeks, we had a family in the church that was aware of a need, uh, that a, another family that was really struggling. They went, and I heard behind the scenes, and they would be totally embarrassed if I said their name, so I'm not going to, but they went and paid the back mortgage for this couple and for their family. I mean, God is on a move. People caring for each other. Tires have been purchased and just different things. And, and you can pick any one of those stories and share it. Use your mouth. Our word of mouth is so, so important. Next Sunday, next Sunday, Sunday, can't talk. We are celebrating the one-year anniversary from our grand opening. It's been one year since our grand opening next Sunday. And we have a lot to share, a lot to be thankful for. God is on the move. And I want you to know that you are a part of what God is doing here. You're right on the edge. You're right in the thick of it. And God wants to use you he wants to use your voice to get the word out. We are here to serve. We're going to be authentic. We're here to make an investment and make an impact, to add value. We want to give influence in this city and to the ends of the earth. And church, people need to hear what the Lord is doing. That's what the Lord really put on my heart. 
And you can do it. You can share. And you can be a part of what God is doing. You say, well, why are people coming? And I don't think it's all that different from Jesus' day. It always surprises me, but it really shouldn't, why people find themselves here at the Gateway Church. There's lots of different reasons, and I don't know your story. Well, I know a lot of your stories. In fact, you know, so for some of you, you've, you've come because you're, you're hurting. For others, there are needs in your life, and you, you see that maybe the church can meet some of those needs. There's others of you that your marriage, it was on a, the rocks when you came, and maybe God has delivered or, or has strengthened that. Or maybe you're just coming now, and, and you're in a situation, and you're saying, man, I'm just holding on. Maybe other relationships are struggling. Maybe there's a job struggle or trouble, or maybe you need a physical touch, and you're here, and you're just saying, man, I just need a church that believes in healing to partner with me to see God move. I've seen people come and they're in the thick of their addiction or they're angry or they're troubled or some other sort of sin. And what people are finding here, church, they're finding hope. And God, He brings hope. He's doing it on Sundays. He's doing it on Wednesday nights in our youth. He's doing it in small groups. And, you know, how are we finding hope? Well, we know that we find hope because we know the answer that we've been asking, who is Jesus? We know who Jesus is. He is the Messiah. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is our Savior. And He's here to meet each and every one of us. He's here to walk with us, to give care, to give attention, to focus, to give time. He gives energy, and He walks with us, and ultimately, He changes our lives. Amen? And so I was thinking, well, maybe we need a little reverse psychology in this season. Maybe we say, nobody say a word this week about our grand opening one-year anniversary. Or no one says a thing this week about what God is doing here in our midst. Just like Jesus did, right? And I thought, no, that's not the right move, right? Like that would be the wrong thing. No, the time is at hand. In that season, Jesus wasn't ready to come out completely, right? And, and the, His time wasn't now. But now is the time, and God is on the move. And so we got to blow this up. This is what the Lord spoke to me. Uh, let your voice be heard. Let your voice be heard. And I believe that it, when each of us let our own voice be heard, I believe that God will receive the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you're on the move. Just like in the movie, uh, the Lion and the Witch in the Wardrobe, Aslan, was on the move again. Lord, you, the Lord, the Savior of our lives, the one that makes a difference, you're on the move. You're working. You're, you're challenging us. You're helping us. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would just capture our hearts. And Lord, for those that are hurting, Lord, we would put our faith in you. 
Lord, that our story would be that you do redeem, you do help us. And Lord, I pray that we would build our lives on the rock. Jesus, you are the rock of our salvation. Lord, help us to do this. And God, we give you the praise, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. I want you to stand. We're going to respond with this song. It's a song that's called Build My Life. And that's what we want to do is build our lives on the rock of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're at work in this place. We declare it. We see it all around. And Lord, I pray that you would be drawing people close to you this season. And in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. As we come to the end of the service here, Consider where you are. What does your walk with the Lord look like? And you're saying, walk with the Lord? I, I don't even understand that terminology. Maybe you're here today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus. If, you, if that's you, we want to offer you the free gift of salvation. The Bible says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one who is righteous would be right standing with God. We understand that according to Scripture. But, the Bible says, the gift of God, that's Jesus, is eternal life. Jesus, He came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. He died a perfect death. He rose from the grave. He did all of that for you. And if you're here this morning, first service, and you're saying, man, that's me, I need Jesus to save me. Maybe you've walked away from the Lord and you're coming back to Him today. Would you just be bold enough just to lift your hand right where you are? And uh, I just want to encourage you. Uh, we're not going to embarrass you, but we do have some next steps. I want to lead you in a prayer. Anybody at all for a service, just lift your hand. Yeah. Anybody? Just... back here. Anyone else? Saying that's where I am today. For the sake of the one, I'm just going to pray a sinner's prayer. This can be your prayer. I want you just to internalize this and let this be your prayer. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Lord, I need a Savior. I need you to forgive me of my sins need you to cleanse me from my wrongdoings. Jesus, come into my life. Make me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For anyone that's saying, yeah, that's my prayer, we've got some next steps. I want to encourage you. I'm going to reach out here in just a moment to the one that raised their hand. But anyone else, we, we want to walk with you. We want say, hey, these are. this is how you grow. This is how things get moving. But I also realize that I'm a 
week-to-week basis, there are those of us that come to church and it's almost like we just barely made it to the parking lot or we just barely made it through the doors because there are some heavy things that you're dealing with in your life. And I'm just curious, would you be honest this morning and just say, yeah, that's me. Um, I've got some things that I've been carrying, some things that I need the Lord to really work in my life on. Would you just slip up your hand where you are saying, yeah, that's me. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. 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 What we'd like to do is we'd like to close our service. And we've been doing this the last several weeks. We want to close headed back into worship. And those of you that raised your hands, I'm going to encourage you, don't just slip away. Stick around. Move forward. We want to pray with you. We want to bear these burdens with you. We want to walk with you. And when we spend a little extra time and we cast our cares on Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus, he cares for you. He's the one that can help your marriage. He's the one that can help your finances. He's the one that will open up the door for the right job. He's the one that will restore what's been broken. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And so right now, Jesus, we just declare that you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the Messiah, the risen one of God. And Lord, before we just slip away, Lord, I pray that you would just capture our hearts. And Lord, help us to be the type of people that cast our cares on you. Lord, pick us up where we are and then put our feet on a rock. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. And when we leave, I pray that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Let's continue to worship the Lord. And there's no official dismissal today. And if you raised your hand, you want to come forward for a special prayer, I want to encourage you to do that. And uh, we'd love to be able to partner with you and pray with you. Amen. Pastor Bobby, continue to lead us this morning. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.